My Ag Life is brought to you by ICL Growing Solutions, a leading global fertilizer manufacturer and exclusive miner of polyhalite, marketed as polysulfate. Learn more about ICL's cutting-edge crop nutrition solutions at icl-growingsolutions.us. Hey, it's Jesse Waters from Fox News Channel. Hope to see you at my Ag Night on November 2nd. It's going to be a night you will not want to miss. As a disclaimer, views expressed in interviews are solely those of the individuals and do not necessarily represent those of My Ag Life, JCS Marketing, and its employees. Welcome to My Ag Life, where we cover your world in agriculture. This podcast is powered by the top publications in the industry West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and Organic Farmer Magazine. Here is your host, Taylor Chalstrom. All right. Hi. Welcome to My Ag Life. Today, we're talking with Jason Hageley, North American Agronomy Lead with ICL Growing Solutions, about the rising demand of water-soluble fertilizers and selecting the right product in a sea of options. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hey, Taylor. Great to be here with you and, and your listeners. Yeah, great to have you here today. So, Jason, in recent years, there's been this globally increasing demand for environmentally friendly fertilizers that you know can significantly improve crop nutrient uptake and and water water soluble fertilizers you know kind of fit those needs there um i'm just curious how do they work and how might they really address some of the issues that a lot of growers in california are facing these days right great question yeah, so I, I would agree. You know, over the last decade, uh, you know, we've seen a greater emphasis on, you know, the four R approach to nutrient management, and you know, I assume you know, many are uh, familiar with that that kind of terminology. But as a review, it's you know timing, you know, rate, source, and placement, and so you know that's led to an explosion of enhanced efficiency fertilizers, um, you know, water soluble fertilizers being one example, um, as well as you know a, a greater emphasis on different types of application methods, um, you know, like uh, fertigation and. Um, you know, the goal is really to make the, the most out of every pound of fertilizer uh, applied to the field. And so you, you think about a you know, drip irrigation system or a micro sprinkler type of system uh, in California, um, you already have the opportunity for greater control of, of timing and placement um, just because of the way those systems are constructed. Uh, so the conversation can really turn to, to be more about you know, choosing among you know, dry granular fertilizers. So, you know, the more traditional commodity fertilizers like potash or, or potassium sulfate you know, dry water soluble fertilizers that we'll talk um, you more about, um, as well as li- liquid sources of nutrition to, to meet the various economic and, and agronomic uh, considerations, you know, of the grower. And so, you know, although I think there, there'll always be a fit and a need for commodity, you know, liquid and, and granular dry fertilizers, you know, I, I like the ability of water soluble fertilizers to precisely deliver the, the nutrients that the crop needs, um, you know, through combining different you know, water soluble fertilizer options. Um, for example, potassium nitrate, monopotassium phosphate, calcium nitrate, magnesium nitrate, and all the various derivatives and, and combinations that uh, you know, growers and, and consultants are familiar with. Definitely. Just from your own personal experience, Jason, you know, when you converse uh, with growers on the job, I mean, what's what's something that, you know, in California, for example, keeps them up at night that would lead you to maybe recommend uh, a water-soluble fertilizer to them? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a combination of things. You know, certainly water is a, a huge uh, you know, challenge and consideration in, in California. 
Um, it has been in, in recent years. And so, you know, that leads to you know, more efficient you know, irrigation systems. And, you know, with that, you have the ability to, um, you know, also deliver, you know, very precise uh, you know, nutrient applications um, as well. And, and, you know, with those, um, you know, precise, you know, applications of, of water and nutrition, you want to apply exactly what the crop needs and when it needs it. And that's what a, a water-soluble fertilizer or a combination of water-soluble fertilizers uh, allows you uh, to do. Definitely. And Jason, being that the, the fertilizer is, you know, going into the water source, some growers, you know, may worry in the state about their water quality affecting the efficacy of a water-soluble fertilizer, you know, maybe those with uh, high saline water. Uh, so tell me about the interaction, you know, between those two things, uh, the water quality and the efficacy there, um, and how that can really influence some of these agronomic and product input decisions that the growers are facing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So, you know, think about different sources of water. I mean, there's groundwater and, and groundwater quality can can vary considerably. Um, you know, there's surface water, um, you know, particularly from snowmelt. You know, in some cases there may be, um, you know, availability of re reclaimed water that you know, bring some challenges with it. And so we think about, you know, all of the kind of uh, variability and, and range of water chemistry parameters that exist, you know, things like pH, uh, EC, bicarbonate levels, et cetera. Um, these do have an impact on the efficacy of applied fertilizers and, and ultimately, um, you know, crop productivity. Um, you know, one, you know, really key example is to think about, you know, pH and, you know, the influence or the relationship of pH on overall phosphorus availability and uh, the ability to combine, um, you know, normally antagonistic nutrients like calcium and phosphorus in, in fertigation. Um, when we think about high pH water, you know, particularly groundwater um, and high pH soil as well, you know, these tend to be you know, almost high, always high in calcium. And so calcium and phosphate under these high pH conditions form calcium phosphate, um, which is the same type of mineral that's in your bones, your teeth. It's highly insoluble and then it precipitates in the irrigation system and, and no one likes uh, a plugged emitter or um, your micro sp uh, sprinkler head. Um, and so similarly, you know, directly combining uh, fertilizer, you know, calcium sources like calcium nitrate uh, with phosphate fertilizers is, is usually not recommended. And so, you know, one approach to you know, circumvent this is to manage pH through through water acidification. Um, you know, one example is through, you know, maybe an acidic, um, you know, formulation of a water-soluble fertilizer like uh, ICL's PEC acid that has a pH in solution of 2.2. Um, there's also, you know, approaches of, you know, phosphoric acid injection, sulfuric acid injection to, to uh, buffer irrigation water. Um, but when you consider all these different approaches, you know, together, it really points to the importance of, of you know, considering the pH that you're starting with and then uh, you managing that pH uh, to, to maximize the availability of, you know, key nutrients like phosphorus and, and calcium in that fertigation application. Definitely. I mean, so when a grower is looking at a water soluble fertilizer in that instance, I mean, do you, are you recommending that they're going out and doing like kind of a water quality test um, themselves and then choosing based on that? What, what do you kind of think there? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's very key to have a water quality test and you know, uh, no different than having a, a soil analysis. Uh, you, you, know, you can't, um, you can't manage things unless you have the ability to, to measure them and, and know what you're starting with. And then, um, you know, know if you're making an impact or not through the, the management and input decisions, um, you know, that you make. And, you know, I know in California with different, uh, you know, potentially different options for, um, you know, irrigation water, um, you know, groundwater versus uh, surface water. You know, I think, you know, this past year with the, the high amount of you know, winter rains and snow, there's been you know, more access to surface water. And so surface water is going to have a you know, different you know, chemical profile and uh, you know, water quality parameters you know, compared to, to groundwater. So you know, knowing what you're starting with is, is very important to 
devise the right uh, you know, right management um, approaches. Certainly. Is there any instance where a grower's water quality would be too poor for the um, these water soluble fertilizers to be efficacious, or can they work in kind of any scenario there? You know, I, I, in my experience or opinion, I, you know, water soluble fertilizers have a fit, you know, in almost, um, you know, every, every situation, you know, certainly, uh, uh, you know, pH and, uh, the necessity of acidification becomes, uh, you know, very important in, in a lot of, uh, you know, circumstances. Um, but, you know, thinking about, you know, ICL as a company and ICL's history in, in Israel, um, the challenges, uh, there are very, um, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot, you know, a lot of, you know, very, significant challenges to growers in the desert of Israel uh, with, uh, you know, poor water quality, whether that's, you know, saline water, uh, groundwater, uh, your reclaimed water, et cetera. And, and uh, you know, ICL has uh, developed a, a lot of different approaches to, to overcome those, those types of uh, situations. Fantastic. Thanks for that, Jason. We're going to be right back after a word from our sponsors here. Growth is at the heart of everything we stand for. And at ICL, we don't just talk about what might be possible in the future. We actively work with you to create it every day. Our full range of plant nutrition products, including controlled release, water-soluble, liquid, and specialty granular fertilizers may help you grow more with less. Learn more at icl-growingsolutions.us. Join us for an unforgettable evening with Jesse Waters, co-host of Fox News at the International Agri-Center in Tulare, California. Tickets are extremely limited for this one-night-only experience, and they will sell out. Hey, it's Jesse Waters from Fox News Channel. Hope to see you at my Ag Night on November 2nd. It's going to be a night you will not want to miss. Don't miss your only chance to see Jesse Waters here in the heart of California on November 2nd. Reserve your spot now at myaglife.com forward slash myagnight. Hi, we're back talking with Jason Hageley, North American Agronomy Lead with ICL Growing Solutions about the rising demand of water-soluble fertilizers and selecting the right product in a sea of options. So Jason, on that note, you know, kind of with the sea of products that are available on the market, there are a lot, of course. How would a grower go about selecting the right water-soluble fertilizer uh, for their operation? Mm-hmm. That's that's a really good question. You know, I think this is where the, you know, the art of, um, you know, agriculture comes into play and, and really combining the economic considerations and the agronomic consider, consider, considerations as well. Um, you know, the grower and the consultant will, um, you know, understand the quantities of nutrients that are needed to raise a specific crop. And so, you know, with that baseline knowledge, um, you know, you can then select the inputs that best optimize return on investment for, uh, for the grower. Um, you know, we've already talked about the, the influences of water quality. So I think that's a great starting point to understand, you know, you know, for example, whether or not acidification is needed from a, a water soluble you know, fertilizer. Um, you know, another example to consider would be uh, you know, salinity levels in irrigation water. Um, you know, water soluble fertilizers can come in both you know, chloride free or chloride containing water soluble um, you know, options or formulations. And so depending on um, your, your water quality, that may be a, a, an option or a consideration. And you know, also I would you know keep in mind that you know product quality can can vary substantially for you know common water soluble fertilizer products like monopotassium phosphate or MKP. Um, you know, although one option may be you know less costly, um, you know it could be produced in a way that uh, you know, makes it less soluble and more of a headache for the grower, or you know it could be derived from raw materials like phosphoric acid that contain you know higher levels of heavy metals compared to uh, compared to other options. So. 
you know, I would encourage the, um, you know, the grower to, you know, you know, talk with their supplier about water soluble fertilizers and really understand the, uh, the properties of the the products that they're considering as well as the the quality of those products. Definitely. Um, you know, and with a lot of these types of product recommendations as well, would you also recommend growers be talking to their, their CCAs about this or the CCAs out there kind of knowledgeable about these water soluble fertilizers as well? Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, every every grower's got, you know, their, uh, you know, trusted advisor, whether that's a CCA or, uh, you know, PCA, you know, crop consultant, et cetera. And, um, you know, water-soluble fertilizers are by no means uh, new. Um, you know, they've been in the market for a number of different, uh, you know, number of years. Um, you know, more common in some parts of the United States uh, uh, than others. Um, but, you know, California especially should be, um, you know, familiar with water-soluble fertilizers. And uh, I think if a grower asks around, they'll find someone that, he has a lot of knowledge of the various uh, product options that are out there, you know, experience in the different product options and can provide a, um, you know, trusted recommendation. Certainly. And one question, Jason, that I understand uh, may come up often, you know, when thinking about water soluble fertilizers is, you know, whether the formulation, the product formulation matters when you're thinking about fertigation versus foliar application. What can you say uh, to that note? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I think there's a few different considerations to think about um, in terms of fertigation versus foliar. Um, you know, and just as an example, I'll use, you know, three uh, phosphorus potassium fertilizer um, uh, examples from ICL. One's PEC acid has an analysis of 0, 60, 20. That's a very acidic product. Um, and then you have the monopotassium phosphate that we've, uh, you mentioned a few times. That is an analysis of 0, 52, 34. That's mildly acidic, so it has a pH of uh, about 4.5 compared to PEC acid, it has a pH of 2.2. And then the third option would be um, High Peak that has an analysis of 0.4444. So all three of these products can you know deliver phosphorus and potassium, uh, but they have different you know pH profiles with um, you know PEC acid being very acidic, monopotassium phosphate being you know slightly acidic, and High Peak being neutral. And so why is this important to a foliar application? Um, you know, oftentimes with the foliar application, you're you're not just applying the nutrition, but you're combining it with you know crop protection chemistries, whether that's a fungicide, um, you know, insecticide, maybe a herbicide in some uh, some instances, and pH can affect the uh, efficacy of those crop protection chemistries. So understanding what you want to apply with the nutrition can be important in selecting uh, a foliar uh, option for your application. And, you know, other considerations would be you know whether that foliar uh, formulation contains a surfactant or a biostimulant component to help with the uptake of that nutrition in the leaf. Uh, it becomes uh, you know, particularly important for, you know, harder to uh, take up nutrients like micronutrients. And then also related to micronutrients, there's the question of, you know, chelation. When we're making a soil application of micronutrients, we often use a, a chelating compound called EDTA. For a foliar application, that may not be necessary. Um, you know, we may be more focused on using amino acids to help you know, not only with the uptake of those micronutrients in the plant, but also the movement of those micronutrients or translocation of those micronutrients uh, you know, throughout the, the tree or the crop that we're uh, applying it to. So um, for a foliar application, consider the pH of the solution, you know, whether it contains a surfactant and then the chelating uh, type of uh, compound for micronutrient um, containing products. Definitely. Um, I'm assuming for for at least, you know, some growers, they'd be kind of maybe doing a combination of both uh, throughout the season. It, what What is the kind of the time period of applying um, a water soluble fertilizer? Is there a specific time of the season that that they're being applied? 
Yeah, I think uh, it really depends on the you know the crop that you're um, you're applying these uh, you know water solubles to, whether it's a fertigation application or foliar application. Um, you know, certainly with uh, you know fertigation you know program, you know that could be a potentially a season long approach where um, there'll be different um, you know, uh, water soluble products or combinations of water soluble products used at different times to match uh, what's going on in that crop at the time, whether it's you know vegetative growth or you know reproductive growth, um, you know nut fill, et cetera. Um, you know with a foliar application, um, you know just you know focus on micronutrients micronutrients as an example. Um, you know, specific micronutrients, you know, could be, you know, more or less effective at different points during the development of the crop. And so, uh, depending on, you know, the, the knowledge of what's going on in the crop physiologically, you know, that'll drive a lot of those uh, product, uh, product decisions. Okay. Thanks for that, Jason. Well, we've hit kind of all the big marks on water-soluble fertilizers. Anything else you'd like to add regarding uh, these products here, Jason? Mm -hmm. You know, in terms of the base, you know, water-soluble fertilizers or the, the nutrient compounds that are used, monopotassium phosphate is an example. You know, I really don't see anything novel coming down the road. Um, I think the exciting developments that will come in the, the world of water-solubles and revolve around uh, biostimulants, uh, biologicals, um, nanotechnology, um, you know, some of these newer approaches, and how they're added to existing water-soluble uh, fertilizer formulations to increase nutrient availability and uptake by the plant. And, and you know, ultimately that leads us back to, you know, kind of where we started the conversation around, you know, global demand for environmentally friendly you know, fertilizer use. Um, you know, we know we need nutrients, we'll need to continue to, to apply nutrients, but the question becomes, you know, how can we make that as efficient as possible? How can we get as much of the nutrition applied uh, to the soil or to the, the foliage you know, into the plant where it's going to have an impact on the, you know, the yield of the crop, the quality of the crop and the return on investment to the grower. Definitely. Thanks, Jason. We appreciate you being here today and, and talking about, you know, again, the rising demand of water-soluble fertilizers and, and selecting the right product in a sea of options. So thanks again for being here, Jason. Yeah. Thank you, Taylor. Appreciate it. This is Taylor Charleston from My Ag Life. Thank you for listening. Subscribe for updates, exclusive content, and more at myaglife.com.